Hi, this is John, and I'm the host of the podcast Fado, an audio adventure into fantasy, folklore, and fairy tales. And I'm Bob from Bob's Short Story Hour, a podcast that features an eclectic array of short story recitations from both classic and contemporary authors. You're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. Bob and I are taking over the Purple Street Studios today, since the usual folks are all out at the annual Uphill Estate Parade of Homes. That's right, and we'll be hosting the live coverage of that here in a few minutes. Aaron Sparks, lifestyle reporter for KJVR, is on the ground and will be talking to us as soon as it gets underway. Hello, Aaron. Are you there? I'm hearing you five by five, Purple Street. Aaron, what can you tell us about the three judges this year? Well, the first judge is somebody that we all know and love. It's Paul Fredrickson, host of the DIY and relationship advice show, Better Call Paul. Paul definitely knows all about creating a homestead, but will he be able to make the kind of harsh choices needed by a judge? Well, harsh is a great word for our next judge. It's KJVR's very own morning show co-host, Spoopy the Boop. So does that mean the other co-host, Chauncey Applegate, will also be a judge? Believe it or not, Chauncey is a competitor this year. Our third judge will be Julia Stonewash, another KJVR personality. Wow, what a lineup. What can you tell us about the competition itself? Well, Bob, as you know, this is the Jollyville Uphill Estate Parade of Homes, where homeowners compete for a yard of the year. We have five competitors this year, some of which have competed before, and one of which is brand new, Peggy Breaker. Oh, geez, Peggy Breaker. Give me a break. Oh, hello, Spoopy the Boop. I didn't see you there. You'll be judging with Paul and Julia this year. Tell us, what do you think will happen this year? Well, I'm sure we'll see a good display of flowers, trees, and grass. Maybe some creative things in funky yards. I sure am going to miss yard art Tina, though. I think the HOA was right in outlawing those ceramic figurines from her front yard, but I wish they would have also made Chauncey remove some of his gazing balls. I can see them all the way from over here. Everyone has a different way of expressing themselves. The point is that everyone makes a lawn that they love and is true to themselves. It just brings a tear to my eye to be running for mayor of such a beautiful town. Oh, Paul, thoughtful as always. Julia, can you tell us how the competition works? Sure. The competition works like this. Us, the judges, will walk through uphill estates. We'll take a good look at the competitor's yard and give an overall rating for each one. That's as simple as it gets, folks. You've now met all three judges, and I'll be walking right along with them. Everyone is really excited to show their hard work. Why don't we get started? Sounds great. Come on. All right, listeners. The judging of Yard of the Year has begun. I'm following the three judges as they walk over to the first house. First up. It looks like we have Howard McNeil. His yard is sporting a daring xeriscape with rows of strawberry plants. It's all green shrubs, white flowers, and red strawberries on a big bed of hay. I love strawberries. It's a pretty different take on a front yard. We can see bales of hay on the front porch and a lot of strawberries in a basket. It's literally just strawberries and hay bales. Yeah, I'm not impressed yet. Mm, Looks like this yard comes with something extra. Howard seems to have brought a tray out to a curbside table. 
Oh, it's tea. He's pouring some for the judges. Uh, hello, judges. Uh, I've made you some cups of straw and berry tea from the garden. Wow, Howard. This tea is delicious and reminds me of a rustic barn at springtime. That's what I was going for. I'm getting the strawberry, but what's that other flavor? Oh, well, it's uh, it's straw and berry tea. Howard, did you put hay in this tea? Well, yeah, I, I saw it on a TV show once. Ooh, listeners, would you drink strawberry and hay tea? Okay, I think I've seen everything I need to see. Same for me. Thank you, Howard. Nice work, but we better get going to the next house. Hmm. Howard may have creativity points, but I don't think that tea is going down very well. The judges are now crossing the street. We're approaching our next competitor, Laura Beth Coy. Aloha! Complimentary flip-flops, anyone? Laura Beth's keeping her tradition of a tropical yard. Looks like we've got 20 or 30 pink flamingos, potted palm trees. I like to put the jolly in Jollyville. What better way than a little slice of the islands? I like those blooming oleander and hibiscus bushes. That's gotta be an unsafe number of lit tiki torches. Is that a pineapple grove in the corner? Yep, about 40 of them. Whenever I buy pineapple, I cut the top off and I put it in the ground. They take off all on their own, and then they grow another pineapple. Huh, I know you could do that. Laura Beth is walking backwards to the corner yard where there's a large stretch of sand and what looks like... Oh, wow. Introducing my showstopper, the beach. Yep, that's my homemade in-ground swimming pool. Complete with sand and waves. Well, it sure is creative. It's a strong theme. I can't help but smile when I see Floribeth's yard on my way to work. Looks like the judges have mixed reviews as they walk away from a fun, but maybe too fun of a yard. We're crossing the street and on our way to the final stretch of the Parade of Homes. John and Bob, back to you. Boy, I tell you what, that homemade beach sounds like a blast. I was actually hoping to try that straw and berry tea. Well, Bob, that makes one of us. You're listening to live coverage of the Uphill Estate Parade of Homes here on KJVR. Stay with us to see who will be awarded Yard of the Year. Hey, gardeners! You've heard of Worminators, the performance-enhancing earthworms. I'm Chip McCluskey, and I'm here to tell you that we definitely do not have any cans of Worminators down here at McCluskey Military Surplus. These are weapons-grade German engineering worms that are so good at making your yard look beautiful that they are banned at gardening competitions. Trust me that you don't want these, or my name isn't Chip. Jollyville Radio sends a shout out to Bryan, Texas, Aggieland, USA, population 85,445. Howdy! Chip McCluskey here again. McCluskey Military Surplus. Did you know Chip is just a nickname? Once again, we do not have Worminator's performance enhancing earthworms because that would be illegal. 
and if we did, they fell off the back of the truck. Any mention of the uphill estate parade of homes will automatically negate the sale, so do not come in here looking for any of these performance-enhancing earthworms. So again, that name is McCluskey Military Surplus, in case you want to, uh, remember who does not have worminators. Hello, this is Tony Diamond from the Black Hill Center for Equality in Rapid City, South Dakota. You're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJBR. And we're back, folks. I'm John. And I'm Bob. And you're listening to the Uphill Estates Parade of Homes here on Jollyville Radio, KJVR. And I'm Jensen Mutton. Right. And you're the garden consultant well y'all just left the back door unlocked but give me a mic and i'll be whatever you want me to be come on baby ski you uh okay well uh why don't you explain the difference between fruits and vegetables well the main difference is fruits taste good vegetables don't what else you got well that's not exactly it fruits are things you eat on their own vegetables are things they put on a garden pizza no, no. Fruits are things with seeds, like apples and tomatoes. But vegetables are parts of the plant itself, like celery and spinach. Oh, shoot. You're right. Maybe you could say fruits are the parts the plant wants you to eat, but it don't want you to eat the vegetable parts. That's how you know jalapenos are vegetables, because they're spicy. Yeah, that sounds right. No, no, that's not right. What about mushrooms? They do put them on garden pizzas. Wait, did he say tomatoes are a fruit? Well, there's tomato sauce on a garden pizza, too. That means pizza's a vegetable. Then that would make pizza rice a stir-fry. Unless you put it in a casserole dish. Guys, guys, look, we have a job to do here. The Parade of Homes is continuing. We need to cut to Aaron. No, I suppose. Hey, Aaron, you there? Come on, baby, ski! Oh, gosh. I, that was just, that was a lot. Uh, Welcome back, listeners. For those of you just tuning in, we've seen Howard McNeil's Straw and Berry House, Laura Beth's Tropical Getaway, and now the three judges are on their way to Peggy Breaker's house. Peggy's new to the neighborhood and a new competitor this year. Her entry is titled Heaven is for Giraffes. I believe I heard her talking about a life-size giraffe topiary. I can't wait to see it in person. You mean that headless-looking thing in her yard? Ooh, this doesn't look good. Listeners, Peggy's yard is completely turned over. Every bush seems to have been hacked down. There are flowers strewn everywhere. There's a coffin with the head of her giraffe topiary in the middle of the front yard. There's even a table with memorial pamphlets. Is there a wake happening? My garden was supposed to be a heavenly giraffe habitat with a life-size giraffe topiary. But now poor old Mr. Biggie Toss is in the great garden in the sky. So you had time to stage a wake, but not fix the topiary? (laughs) I can't fix it without a ladder. Somebody didn't want me to win, I guess. Wait a minute. Are you saying somebody sabotaged your giraffe? Sabotage? 
You really think so? Well, I guess that means the person who did it would be disqualified, right? Peggy, we're so sorry for your loss. Who would put the effort to destroy your yard and push you out of the competition? Oh, I think we all know. Now, why are you looking at me, Peggy? What dang bum be you got in your bonnet now? Wow, Jollyville, things have gotten dramatic. Peggy seems to be accusing her arch nemesis, Kitty Westlake, of damaging her topiary. I bet you didn't want me to win Yard of the Year, so you snuck in here in the middle of the night and tore up my plans. Disqualify Kitty. Disqualify Kitty. Whoa, whoa there. Uh, unless we have proof, we, we can't disqualify anyone. Thank you for your entry, Peggy, but we're going to have to move on for now. Wow, folks. That was weird. Next up is Chauncey Applegate's yard. And what in the world happened here? Oh, you guys, I can't believe it. Chauncey, isn't your house usually red brick? Well, it was yesterday. Someone came out here in the middle of the night and painted it bright green. My plants are green, and now so is my house. How is my yard supposed to stand out now? Gosh, Chauncey, this is a parade of homes, and while your plants look great, your house, well... Yeah, it all kind of blends together. Who would do such a thing? Sabotage? You really think so? Well, I guess that means the person who did it would be disqualified, right? Mm, this is feeling familiar. I didn't say sabotage. Hi, Chauncey! Oh, hi, Peggy. Wow, Chauncey, that's terrible. I can't see your plants at all. I know. It's a real shame. By the way, uh, you can just put that chainsaw back by the ladders in the garage when you're done. Chainsaw? She said she had some last-minute tweaks for her yard before the big show today. Peggy, would you care to elaborate on why you needed a chainsaw for a last-minute tweak? Mmm. Nah, never mind. Speaking of garages, Spoopy, Paul, look at Peggy's garage. There are green handprints on her garage door. Oh, there are. Hey, Peggy, did you paint Chauncey's house green to push him out of the competition? What? Well, it only makes sense. Well, you know what also doesn't make sense? Why your hands are so green. Listeners, the plot thickens. Chauncey's palms are bright green. Chauncey, are those your handprints on Peggy's garage? Are you trying to frame Peggy to push her out of the competition? And Peggy borrowed Chauncey's chainsaw last night. Okay, Peggy, did you destroy your own yard using Chauncey's chainsaw to try and frame Kitty Westlake? Ugh. Well, if I didn't, Kitty would have done something. And Chauncey, did you paint your own house green? Well, I got tired of the competition episodes always being about Kitty and Peggy. And not enough about me. Listeners, I don't think it gets much weirder than this. Two competitors have self-sabotaged themselves. Wow. Is self-sabotage themselves a real word? It's not even a word. It's a phrase. You know what? I'm not even going to go there. Aaron, how many competitors do we have left? That leaves us with one final competitor. Why, heavens, that wouldn't be little old Kitty Westlake now, would it? Kitty, what do you have to say about the revelations regarding your competition? Oh, 
what a shame. I hope we've all learned a lesson in good sportsmanship. Wow, Kitty, your yard looks very lush. How is that even possible? Well, I guess I'm just the queen of the green thumbs. The grass is so green, I almost can't look at it. Yeah, it's almost too much. Listeners, I don't know if you can imagine this, but the grass is so perfect. It would put AstroTurf to shame. The climbing vines look like parade floats, and every magnolia tree has flowers the size of tennis rackets. I feel like I walked by yesterday and it wasn't this lush. How did you do it? How are you an overnight success? Oh, now, you know, I never, never, never reveal my garden secrets. But you know, it is very strange. I'd hate to think that maybe somebody has been doing something with Kitty Westlake's fertilizer recipe and made it seem like I was, I was maybe cheating. Oh my, maybe, maybe Chauncey or that, that Peggy. Wait, are you about to say that this was sabotage? Sabotage? You really think so? Well, I guess that means those worminators were put here by somebody else. You wouldn't dock points for my beautiful garden based on what somebody else did to it now, would you, would you? I don't think any of us said anything about worminators. Now that you mention it, I was wondering how these empty cans of worminators got in my recycling. I swear I didn't put them there. I found some in my recycling too, but didn't want to say anything in case somebody thought I was cheating. Kitty, were you trying to frame us? Well, I, I simply never, never! I think we need to have a judge's meeting. Ooh, John and Bob and uh, Jensen too, I guess. Uh, let's take a break. Wow, Jollyville, this all adds up. It sure does. Kitty cheated. Ski you. Allegedly. Uh, don't forget, we're supposed to be neutral. Well, I didn't think a domestic competition over Yard of the Year could be so dirty. Ski you. We need to take a quick break for our sponsor, but don't go anywhere. We'll find out who is winner of Yard of the Year when we return. Shapely, earthy, modern, announcing the all-new line of luxury plant pots by the designer Robert Cheerful. Welcome back, listeners, to the 2021 Jollyville Uphill Estate Parade of Homes. Competitors Chauncey, Peggy, and Kitty have been found ruining their own homes and yards in an attempt to frame one another. Yeah, you guys are all disqualified. But I clearly and distinctly have the best yard. My yard is still good. It's just that it's hard to see. And my headless giraffe topiary is still really tall. 
sorry, but no. Uh, Paul, would you like to do the honors? With no further ado, yard of the year goes to Flora Beth Coy and her tropical house. All right. Wow, you guys, I can't believe it. This trophy is all mine. I'm going to turn this cup into a punch bowl. Hey, everybody is invited to come over for burgers in paradise. That sounds great. I'll make a pot of tea. Just as long as it's not that uh, straw and berry nonsense. Oh, okay. I'll just bring the warm water then. Oh man, I'm definitely going to have a burger in paradise. Peggy, are you coming? Nah, never mind. That concludes the Uphill Estate Parade of Homes. For KJVR Jollyville, I'm Erin Sparks. Wow, what an incredible event. I'm John Cook. And I'm Bob Don. And I'm Jansen Mutton. Say, fellas, what's the name of y'all's podcast again? Mine is Fido. Fido is an exploration of stories of all kinds. I read the story and talk a little about the interesting things I find out about it. And Bob, what was yours? Bob's Short Story Hour is a podcast featuring short stories from both classic and contemporary genres. And Hidden Oaks is a serial suspense podcast featuring a monster, a magical forest, and the community affected by both in 1990s suburban Minnesota. Well, ski you, fellas. I can't wait to subscribe to y'all's podcast. We're going to put links in the show notes, too. It was great to meet y'all. All right, now let's hear them there community beat. Okay, on air in three, two, one. This is Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. In the Jollyville Purple Street Zoom studio, we have Tony Diamond. Vice President of the Black Hills Center for Equality in Rapid City, South Dakota, providing advocacy, support, and connection opportunities for LGBTQ folk in and around the Black Hills. Tony Diamond, how's it going? And welcome to Community Beat. Thank you. Um, It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm very excited to be able to share. Okay, great. Now, some might say LGBTQ that's a lot of lot of letters. Why not just say gay or homosexual? What is the significance? Um, let's educate some of our listeners. Well, each letter has its own representation. L stands for lesbian. G is gay. The B is bisexual. The T is for transgender. Q is queer. And then, and then we add the plus usually at the end to incorporate like non-binary. Um, people. So there's multiple classifications within the LGBTQ community, and you can't just lump it all under just one category. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb, Tony, and say that there probably are not a lot of Black people in the Black Hills, and I'll also venture to say that the... <laughs> I'll also venture to say that there's probably not a large uh, LBG, LGBTQ community there as well, but that's probably why an organization like yours is needed there. Um, Dr. King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So what, I, what I'd like to know is what's the state of LGBTQ in Rapid City, the population, the challenges, you know, what's, what's really going on? In Rapid City, the, the LGBTQ community is 
I mean, the community support is not very strong. Uh, recently, there was um, a scorecard done, I believe, by one another organization rating from zero to 100 as to how is that city incorporating and helping the LGBTQ community. We scored a 19 out of 100, um, very low score, because there's no representation in the schools, there's no representation in city government, there's no rep you know, representation anywhere at any level. And so the, the reason why the Black Health Center for Equality is there is to help bridge those gaps we need to want we want to help get people involved in the city council we want to help people get involved and be on school boards to help educate um, we we pro provide presentations and seminars where we can go into like a group event if you um, we've spoken to the city council shared with them on how how to be what's the word i'm looking for kind i guess to to the community receptive open um, by helping them erase the, the negative aspect of the LGBTQ community. We're not there to um, convert you, we're there to exist alongside you. Um, and we're just asking for equal representation. And so that's what we're there for. If we have students in school that are, are struggling or with their identity, you know, we can go talk to the teacher or talk to the counselor and work with them and help educate them. So those are the kind of things that we're doing. Um, I mean, I was the first transgender person ever to run for state office in South Dakota last year. Um, did not win, but it was um, historical that I was on the ballot in the first place, though. Tony, what are the kinds of support services are you offering, uh, particularly for young people in the LGBTQ plus community? Well, yesterday I had the opportunity to go speak at a local high school and speak to um, some high schoolers and answer questions really you know they had questions as to you know where how do i do my a legal name change are there support groups in the area um how do i speak to my parents and my family about being lgbtq didn't mean for that phone to start ringing <laughs> zoom and telephone right so how is covid19 affecting what you do from the center covid19 has had a drastic impact on us we usually have events of once a month where we try to host something in the community, like a barbecue or every every year we have our Black Hills Pride Festival where we have um, a weekend just set aside where we have games and and camp camps set up and things for people to come out and get educated and just get to know other people. We have dances that we used to do and just all kinds of activities that we would do incorporate throughout the every month and throughout the year. But because of COVID-19, we haven't been able to do any of those things. Everything that we do is virtual. So um, we do Zoom meetings with some of these kids and families, but it's been very hard because a lot of them are, you know, don't, don't want to get on social media. So they, you know, they, they look forward to those one-on-one -on -one events where we could talk, sit and talk with them. But, you know, so yeah, right now COVID-19 has really put a huge damper in our effectiveness and being able to reach people. Are these events open to just the general population or are they LGBTQ plus exclusive? Um, generally they're open to the public. Um, we do have exclusive events where, you know, it's the meet and greet. And so where if somebody's coming out for the first time and they're very shy or scared, 
you know, we have, we do have closed meetings too, where they can come and get, you know, meet people that are like-minded in, in a safe environment, so. Tony, where can we find the Black Hill Center for Equality on the web? Well, yeah, you can look for us on the web by looking at Black Hill Center for Equality. We also have a Facebook page that you can go to um, that is also linked on the website along with our, our phone number. Tony Diamond, it has been a pleasure talking with you and we wish you the best of the best. Thank you. I wish you guys the best. Keep up doing this great job that you're doing. You guys make me laugh and I love listening to your show. So take care, guys. This has been Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar and Dig This. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. The creative team that wrote and performed this episode of Jollyville Radio includes Uncle Asar Alcabalon, Emily Ansonick, Lizzie Brister, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Richard Davies, Brian Green, Robert Leary, Alan Kay, Pilar Kepperda, Thomas Schlitt, Michael Stanley, Matt Waite, and Kay Wise. Special appearances by John Cook, host of the podcast Fido, Bob Don, host of the Bob's Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast. Direction and music provided by Michael Croso with lead editing by Dr. Monse Santian. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, please consider supporting us on Patreon. For a small monthly pledge, you can have a big impact on the success of our show. Plus, you can get bonuses like access to the script archive, letters from characters, and even a chance to hear your own voice on the show. Just go to Patreon.com and search for Jollyville Radio. Jollyville Radio is a production of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of Austin Creative Alliance. We are based in Austin, Texas. For KJVR in Jollyville, I'm your host, Jimmy Piecrust. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. Hello, this is Sean. Hello, Sean. This is Tony from the Black Hill Center for Equality in Rapid City, South Dakota. My advice is that you need to travel here and see the Black Hills, Mount Rushmore, and Crazy Horse. Because if you don't, you are going to be in big trouble. Oh. You know, that's just my advice for you. Okay. Thank you. Didn't really ask for advice. This has been advice you didn't ask for on KJVR Jollyville Radio. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.